So we have an opportunity today to get like a real live in person just for us 10 minutes of luck this year from a man who is extremely busy. We thank you for the time. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming. It's good to see everybody so soon uh, again after seeing so many of you just a couple of days ago. Um, the uh, Rav Shechter just gave this year in the base Medrash this morning uh, where the topic of the year was uh, in Yanim of Tefillah of Yom Naraim from Rav Salvechik. Certain things that Rav Salvechik said about Tefillah of Yom Naraim. So I was thinking what would be a good topic for Temen Allah Hashir. Things that I've heard from Rav Shechter about Tefillah of Yom Naraim. Now many of them are, are probably from Rav Salvechik also, but some of them, uh, some of them not. And we'll just uh, make, maybe do a run-through of certain uh, things that maybe people are unaware about uh, relating to the Tefillah of Yom Naraim. As a disclaimer, if Rav Shechter walks in that door, I will stop speaking immediately and uh, start listening. So uh, that's uh, so you know we'll stop when that when that happens. Just to, uh, so Bereshus Rabbi Rabbi Brand Shlita. Um, one of the things that Shachter often points out, first relating to slichos, is that you know we often spend a lot of time trying to break our teeth on the piyutim and saying uh, the the full piyutim, and then uh, we get to the yudgim and then at the end when you say the stuff that you say really really quickly, um, you know we often just don't have time to say it. It's one of the, you know, there are certain miracles of modern shuls um, that, uh, that somehow um, people seem to be able to have time to say, Baruch Hashem Yom Amen Yamein, for example, at Mariv in three seconds, even though it's like longer than Sukkot Zimra, you know, it's like, uh, or the long Tachnun, which is literally longer than Sukkot Zimra, and somehow people manage to say it in, uh, you know, in less than 60 seconds. So uh, the, the end of Slichos is one of those things. So Shachter often points out that the Ikr of Slichos is obviously the Gimel Mitzrachim, and that's a Gemara, right? That, that's the and he taught Moshe Rabbeinu the Yud Gimel Mitzrachim. Um, the earliest Slichos are Aneinu Hashem Aneinu, Misha Nalavasinu Bahar Maria, meaning that comes from Tanayim. So those are the Slichos that would take precedence, if you don't have time for everything, would take precedence over the Piyutim, the long Piyutim that we break our teeth on and that are harder to say uh, in between the Midas Harachimim. Rav Shachter just pointed out in the base Medrash that uh, when Rav Salvech got Slichos in all of the Shemona Esrei's on uh, Yom Kippur, he thought, uh, so, so, the, so he, he was makbid to have seven times Yud Gimel Midas so he wouldn't say seven long piyutim. He would break a piyut down into seven pieces and say after each piece, you build mizrachim. I mean, if you don't finish the piyut, it's not the end of the world. You can uh, and those, those piyutim that are in between are much much less important in terms of the hierarchy than the piyutim at the end, which are from the tanaim, which in turn are less important than. I shouldn't say less important, I should say, the Yudim Yisrachimim are even more important than the Piyutim at the end, which in turn are even more important than, uh, than the Piyutim uh, in, the, in the middle. Another uh, place where we have Piyutim that a lot of times people don't realize that it's just a Piyut, you know, there's something that Shachter, um, when we were discussing COVID and how to shorten the tefillah, so he said, yeah, we should take out the extra piyutim from the Shmonesis because you needed to get people in and out of shul so you could have multiple rotations of people coming in and out, you know, on, uh, on that Yom Kippur of, uh, of COVID. He said, so take out the piyutim like in the Sanatokev. <laughs> you can't take out the Sanatokev from davening people who like, <laughs> it will be a mutiny if you take out the Sanatokev. But, you know, strictly speaking, uh, the art school tells this heart 
heartrending story of Rav Amnon and you know the uh, where how the tefillah was composed. But you know what, what's implicit in that story is that it's a very late you know tefillah that this does not come from the Tanaim, it does not come from the Gemara. It's a piyut that was added in. So a number of the piyutim that we uh, often don't think of as piyutim is uh, the uvchein uh, tein pachtecha that we have in the Shmon Esrei of Rosh Hashanah. And sometimes you'll have a chazan who just out of habit will jump right after after Kedusha and go straight to the Dor Vador and finish off the bracha of HaMelech HaKadosh without saying all of the in-between stuff. So the halacha is, it's not ma'akev. Meaning you can actually, if he did that already, you don't go back and say it. I think in the initial printing of the Rav Salvejik Machsar, if I'm not mistaken, they, 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 in Rosh Hashanah Mincha, they had the Dor Vador, like right after Kedusha and skipping the whole <laughs> meaning if you just followed what the Machsar said, you you Mimela ended up skipping half of uh, Chazar Sashat, which was a mistake that they, I think, ultimately, I, th- I hope that they ultimately uh, corrected that, that, that mistake. Another thing Rav Shaktor often points out that uh, there is a famous vart from Rav Abula Pesvaler. So who was Rav Abula Pesvaler? He's known for this one vart that, uh, that he said. So Rav Abula Pesvaler was, uh, on, uh, said that on the first night of Rosh Hashanah, Chayyadam quotes it. Chayyadam was a businessman, and he, he wrote, obviously, one of the most important uh, svarim. Brand loves to talk about how Rav Shakti tells us, got to learn Chayyadam before you learn Mishabrura, right? That's, uh, that's, that's, that's the key. Um, but he quotes from Rav Abula Pesvaler that the halacha is that we're not Mekadosh at night. And that's why if you skip Yalav Yavo at night, right, if you skip Yalav Yavo at night on Rosh Chodesh, because in Mekadosh Chodesh Belayla, you don't have to repeat Shmona Esrei. Right? Rav Shachter often points out, you think that's a Kula? It's a Chumrah. Because if you skip Yalav Yavo at Shachris, you have the opportunity to still say Yalav Yavo. You, you have a heter that you're allowed to repeat Shmona Esrei. You skip Yalav Yavo at night on Rosh Chodesh, we're machmir, you, you, now you lost it. It's, uh, you have to be even more careful not to skip it, because uh, because you will not have an opportunity to make it up. It reminds me, a similar ha'ara, as made of Daniel Feldman makes a similar ha'ara, there's a famous machlokas, Chavetz Chaim and Rav Salanter, about asking mechila from someone who doesn't know that you wronged them. Right? And, the per- and the person is just going to be more hurt when you tell them, oh, by the way, I launched a social media campaign to completely destroy your reputation and, uh, you know, and uh, when and you see that people are looking at you as you walk in the street, it's because they think that you're a uh, lowlife and a ganav because I did that to you, right? And that, before you said that, the person thought everything was great, and they didn't. And now you've just ruined their lives by telling them uh, what you've done. But how do you ask mechila if you don't tell them what uh, what you've done? So the chavetz chaim holds, even though it's a steer in two, in two places in chavetz chaim, but the pashlus is the chavetz chaim holds. You need to get mechila. You need to tell them what you did. So uh, even though it's very hurtful. But that's the only way you're going to get mechila. That's what you got to do. Whereas Rishal Salanter says, no, the whole point is to create a sense of uh, shalom and a sense of, uh, of, of uh, camaraderie and friendship. And you're going to destroy the person by telling them what you did. So everyone thinks, of, uh, so don't tell them. So everyone thinks Rishal Salanter is a kula. Rishal Salanter is a chumrah. Because the only way to be mechaper for Avera Shabbat and Lechavero is by asking mechila. If you have a situation where you're not allowed to ask mechila because it's going to cause more harm than good, that means you have no way to be mechaper for that avera. It means that you can be mechaper a little bit by doing tshuva and doing other nice things and trying to, you know, to, to, to limit the damage, 
but you don't have a way to really figure that out. So you have a similar thing on the Yalv of Rosh Chodesh, that in a certain sense, it's Kal in that Ein Mekach Chodesh but in another sense, it's a, it's a little bit Chamur. So Rabbi Lepesfal was of the opinion that since that's the Halacha Be Rosh Chodesh, and Rosh Hashanah is really Rosh Chodesh, and Ein Mekach Chodesh so even though normally if you forget HaMelech HaKadosh, you have to repeat Shmona Esrei, but if you forget HaMelech HaKadosh, on the night of Rosh Hashanah, you don't have to repeat Shmon Esrei, because it's like forgetting Yalav Yavam. That was the Chiddush of Ravab Lepesvalu. So if you ever hear anything from, from Ravab Lepesvalu, then that's what you've heard in, in his name. So in the Salvechik family, they did not like this at all. And they had a lot of different tainas against, uh, against this uh, argument, as, as logical as it may sound. Rav Shachter talks about this in Sefer Eretz Hatzvi, but one of the most fundamental arguments that Rav Shachter often points out is from the Beis HaLevi, that the Beis HaLevi... Uh, Held that uh, Beis Halevi says that it might be true um, if you dive into Tefilas Chal, meaning if you ended up davening a weekday Shmona Esrei and Rosh Hashanah night, so then you could say, yeah, okay, in Mekachin Eschodesh Belayla, meaning maybe you could make such an argument. But if you ended up davening a Tefilas Rosh Hashanah, just not with Hamelach Hakadosh, then you got the entire Nusach Tefila wrong. Meaning that's not the Nusach of a Tefila of any Tefila. It's not a weekday Tefila. Meaning when Rosh Chodesh, when it's nighttime of Rosh Chodesh, if you skip Yalav Yavo, so you said a regular Shmona Esrei, which is what it would be because they were not Mekadosh the Chodesh. But Rosh Hashanah night, if you forget Hamelach Hakadosh, so what did you do? You said a Rosh Hashanah Shmona Esrei, not Hamelach Hakadosh. That's nothing. That's not a Shmona Esrei. It's not a weekday Shmona Esrei. It's not a Rosh Hashanah Shmona Esrei. And that's why they rejected the Hanhaga. Uh, the or the, the psak of Rav Abla Pesfeller. Another error Rav Shechter often likes to make is that sometimes, uh, I think not as often as Rav Shechter thinks it happens, because he says it happens always, that this always happens, that a chazan can't continue in the middle of davening, that he just loses his voice, or he has, uh, uh, I was just talking to someone who's a, who's a shleich tzibur yam narayim, and he's, he's gone through a lot of traumatic experiences in the past few months, and it, it, he's fine, and he functions fine throughout the day. Whenever he tries to daven at all, he just can't breathe. And uh, meaning a regular mincha on a weekday, he tries to daven. He has to like stop in the middle of Chazar's shots, and he just can't. He just can't get the breath. You know, it's uh, so. What happens if that? And he's slated to daven yom naraim now, right? So, so what happens if if that happens in the middle of uh, Shmona Esrei? He loses his voice. He has an anxiety attack. The shliach is not able to breathe. So the Mishaburah says that if a chazan loses his voice in the middle or is not well enough to continue davening, so somebody should take over for him. But where do they take over from him, for him? So either if he's in the middle section of Shmona Esrei, it's the last bracha that he completed from the beginning of the bracha that he was in the middle of. However, in the first three brachas of Shmon Esrei, you go back to the beginning. Because, as we mentioned before, so much of the Rosh Hashanah is piyutim that are all within the third bracha of Shmon Esrei. So you're in the first three brachas of Shmon Esrei for a long, long time. So if a person feels that he's losing his voice or he's having an anxiety attack, the better thing to do is to skip the piyutim Get to the end of the third bracha Shmonas, right? And then if someone has to take over, they'll take over. Uh, they'll take over from there. If he's trying to say the butim and he got almost to the end and then he falls apart, the guy that takes over could take over without saying the piyutim. Meaning, he'll, the guy that takes over will have to start again from the beginning, but he's able to skip the piyutim. So again, a lot of this is uh, just understanding the nature of the different parts of Shmonas, right? So uh, you know, the, even if he skips the piyutim, he should say Rishat Moisei. Should say zechreinu lechayim and uvechein tein pachtecha, even though they are piyutim, um, and they should also say kedusha again because they weren't yotze the first time. If the guy didn't make it through the first three brachos, so they'd have to repeat.
meet uh, Kedusha again. Another um, uh, issue that comes up, Rav Shechel likes to quote from Rav Salvechik, is that Rav Salvechik would always announce that people have to wait until the chazan finishes the final syllable in the bracha before answering Amen. A lot of times it becomes an Amen Chatufa, that the, uh, the, you're not allowed to answer Amen if he's still saying the bracha. So a lot of times at the end of the bracha, the uh, chazan is going to elongate the last word, and he'll like, Amen, right, as he's still saying the word. And that's not proper. The Gemara says in Brach Staff Memzayin, Einonin Lomin Chatufa, Vlomin Ketufa, Vlomin Yisoma. There are halachos about how to say Amen. And one of the halachos is that you're supposed to wait until the, uh, till the person finishes Shmona Esrei. Let me know if you see him by the door. Um, another uh, element that Rav Shachta likes to highlight, I realize we're jumping around a little bit, um, it's Yadua that Rav Salavechik, in his minion, Maimonides, had tekios during the silent Shmona Esrei, which is something that we normally associate with Nusach Svar, right? To have tekios during the silent Shmona Esrei. So Salavechik always had that in his minion, Maimonides. Less Yadua is that Rav Salavechik insisted that everybody be at the same pace so that you could do the tekios, malchios, achronos, and shofros. Very often, a person will daven really, really slowly on Rosh Hashanah. It's that one time a year where they really slow everything down, and they're only up to malchios while the tzibur is already blowing the shofros. So Shachto often tells us, in the name of Salvage, that's not proper. Better to speed up your Shemon Esrei, so you could be on pace for the malchios, achronos, and shofros, because that's the way they were masaking how it was supposed to be done. Salvechik in general would always daven Shmon Esrei loud enough that you're supposed to be Mashmiel Azna that you can hear, um, but he wasn't always so conscious of what he could hear versus what other people could hear. So Shachter often says he would daven Kaseder throughout the year loud enough that everybody around him was able to hear him davening uh, Shmon Esrei. Um, but on, on Rosh Hashanah, he would announce that he's going he's gonna to say Shmon Esrei a little louder. So he would like shout Shmon Esrei on uh, Rosh Hashanah, and he would say, Everyone should synchronize their Shmona Esrei. In fact, I always quote with the accent. Should synchronize their Shmona Esrei with, uh, with my Shmona Esrei. So that they say it, I'll be the Seder of, uh, of Malchus, Akronos, and Shofar. So Salvechik said he did that because it was a small minion. Um, had it been a larger minion where it would have been chaotic, he never would have recommended that. Meaning, uh, even though he thought it was the more correct uh, practice, what we often associate as a Nusach Svart practice. I grew up with that practice. I didn't know that anyone did differently. And I grew up in a Nusach Ashkenaz Shul. Uh, and the young Israel Varn Cedarist, Rav Kornmel Zechron Levracha, was the Rav. Uh, he was a Dayan from Vienna. He was a Dayan in Vienna at the age of 19. He was this Iluyish uh, person. And, uh, and that was his Hanhaga. And that's, that's the way I always, uh, I always thought people did. But it was, in fact, not the way that, uh, that most people do in terms of Nusach Ashkenaz. Um, Time for one more? Okay. Uh, the Gaonim hold that you can fast on Rosh Hashanah. Um, we don't. We don't fast on Rosh Hashanah. However, there are some ramifications of the Shittas HaGaonim in our practical Anaga. If a person benches and forgets Yalav Yavo and Yom Tov, normally you have to repeat benching because whenever there's a Chi of Su'uda and you forget Yalav Yavo, you have to repeat benching. Since there is a Shittas HaGaonim that you're allowed to fast on Rosh Hashanah, even though we don't pask in that way, if you forget Yalav Yavo in benching on Rosh Hashanah, you don't have to repeat, uh, we're not supposed to repeat the benching. Um, that, that's a, a shita, uh, that, that's, that's quoted in the Mishabur, the Mishabur of Paskins is uh, La Halacha. Um, the, uh, 
the, the, the many yeshivas will daven mincha right after Musaf because the gra was makbid not to start a su'uda gedola bizman mincha gedola. So the gra hold that you would then leave out a vinu malkeinu because the reason we leave it out after Musaf is that everybody's hungry. So if you daven mincha before lunch, we would also leave it out. But the, the, what, one of the things that we're concerned about is that Rosh Hashanah should not be like a tainus. That's why some shuls have a practice that they say kiddush before the tekiyos, uh, which is questionable. They say that when Rav Hankins, the Colonel of Racha, would give smicha, he had a few shitos that he was very makbid about. This was one of them. He was super makbid. He made a tenai in the smicha, that I'm giving you smicha al tenai, that you never allow a kiddush before the tekiyos. Every year he would call Rav Aaron Cutler, Zechon Levracha, to wish him a kotiar, and Rav Hankin would beg him to not have a kiddush in, 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 in BMG before, uh, before the tzkiyos. Rav Aaron Cutler would say, a kotiar, Rav Hankin, and ignore that request. <laughs> and they had a kiddush every year in, uh, in BMG before, uh, before the, uh, the tzkiyos. Um, another, uh, should I keep going just till he comes? Yeah. See if he's standing outside. I certainly don't want that. Um, another thing Rav Shaftu often points out is that normally, uh, generally speaking, the chazan is not supposed to walk around during uh, davening. He's supposed to stay in one place. He's not supposed to move. What does he do by koreo mishtachave, by the avoda and by aleinu? So really the more correct thing, Rav Shaftu always goes from a salvechik, is that he shouldn't. He shouldn't do it. But... The minog is that they do. So they do. They do. They, they, but Salvechik thought by Aleinu they for sure shouldn't. That by Aleinu, Roshan Yom Kippur, where it's a less serious Hishtachavaya, uh, he thought that, uh, that the, the Chazan should, uh, should, not, should not do so. This year, Rosh Hashanah falls on Shabbos. There is a minhag, that, an old minhag from times of Rishonim, that they used to not duchen at all on Shabbos. To skip duchening on uh, here. Okay, so we'll stop. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.